0: Hey, guten Morgan, America, it's your German motherfuckers. The Anyway, what have you done for your country this morning, today?
1: Lost in the, in the
0: Til Til I came came home, home to you. You. Mother, Mother and you. Anyway, that's my new uh, duet, Um, and I'm gonna stick to that. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So let's see what's up with uh, my stuff.
2: Got the
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to KAMP State Radio at the with University, University of
1: Edwardstown.
0: Yeah. And Kipu- the red Kipu- radio on the reds with Tristan Time for deposition, trader. Forty-three minutes ago, federal judge throws shade in new order compelling Trump deposition. Yeah. I'm yeah, Ben Mycelis yeah. from the
3: Midas Touch Network. More bad news for yeah. Donald Trump. A federal judge right in I. Washington, D.C is ordering Donald Trump to sit for a deposition. This uh-huh. arises out uh-huh. of the wrongful termination you lawsuit the and truth. retaliation uh-huh. case brought by Peter Strzok and Lisa Page from the FBI. Peter Strzok alleged... ...terminated in August 2018 at the request of Donald Trump
0: Great. because he gonna get investigated Remember when he uh, Trump's links... You know, because of his retribution, uh, he got a hero, a fucking national hero, fired. He was just going to be promoted to a general or something, and and uh, fuck-faced Nazi-ass-chop. But uh, Vinmin got Vinmin fired russia
3: there was a recommendation that Strock be suspended for about 60 days and that donald trump personally intervened and demanded that Strock be terminated through his fbi director christopher ray lisa page ultimately resigned their text messages surfaced donald trump Made that a fundamental core tenant of his campaign, where he would mock them, talk about them, and where Donald Trump talk would about take them credit, making love on. He is the reason, and he is responsible for permanently striking. So Peter of The
0: dishbag uh,
3: extraordinary in organization would not be deposed in a case like this. Here, you've got Donald Extraordinary Trump Trump douche douche Donald Trump's out there filing civil lawsuits against numerous other people. So. Clearly, he has the time to sit for this deposition. (laughs) Judge Amy Berman Jackson agreed. So she issued an order back Mm -hmm. in May, and for those Midas Touch Network uh, viewers, you know this. Um, So Judge Amy Berman Jackson, in May, Mm -hmm. referenced a February order that she made. And she said, look, first, go and depose uh, Christopher Wray, the FBI director, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, take that deposition first and if he doesn't have all of the information then the next step would be come back and ask for the deposition of donald trump and that's exactly what went down there was a deposition taken of christopher ray that didn't provide sufficient information a request was made by peter Strzok to now take the deposition of donald trump that request was granted what is interesting, you may feel yeah. peculiar about the setup of this, though, is that the Department of Justice, whose typical role is to defend former presidents, even ones that they vehemently disagree with, and in this case are criminally prosecuted in a case in the Southern District of Florida, there are certain, and this is like, you know, traditions, norms, if you will. Where the Department of Justice is representing the executive branch, not necessarily Donald Trump. So the Department of Justice was actually the one, because they're the they're the ones being sued in this case, along with the FBI and other entities and individuals, saying, Judge, please reconsider and don't allow the deposition of Donald Trump to go forward. Think about it. The Department of Justice currently was arguing don't have the deposition of Donald Trump, just a weird posture that they're the defendant. But Judge Amy Berman Jackson disagreed. Um, There was an under seal filing by the Department of Justice. And here is the ruling by Judge Amy Berman Jackson. And she throws perfect shade at Donald Trump. Here's what she says. Minute order. July 6, 2023. After review of the sealed material submitted in connection with the motion for reconsideration, The motion, referring to a motion by the Department of Justice, is denied. While to the extent the individuals deposed to date recalled the events in question, their testimony did not advance plaintiffs, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page's theory, that the former president was involved in the decision-making at issue in this case. The fact remains that the former president himself has publicly boasted Of his involvement, given the limited nature of the deposition that has been ordered and the fact that the former president's schedule appears to be able to accommodate other civil litigation that he has initiated, the outcome of the balancing required by the apex doctrine remains the same. And for all of the reasons previously stated, so ordered, Donald Trump, you sit for your deposition. And what the apex doctrine is, is basically says that a litigant can't sue the CEO right away in a case. Um, That the apex doctrine says that you can't go for the head of the organization right away. That you have to make a showing that you've exhausted all other efforts before reaching the apex. And look, the importance of this doctrine, just to give you an example of it, is let's just say somebody has a lawsuit against a bank Right for uh, improper charges, um, double, double billing, or whatever. The person would say, "Well, I want to take the deposition of the CEO." So the apex doctrine is basically like, no, you can't do that. And that applies to all organizations, government organizations, nonprofit organizations. The apex doctrine, you got to climb the ladder. And there's a balancing test that judges apply. And you've got to make particularized showings why the person needs to be deposed.
4: Jewelry is having a
3: big moment right now. And with hundreds of products popping up in oh your feed God, every no, day, Dirty. it can be hard to find a brand you trust. Alex and Ani has been creating meaningful Dirty. jewelry for over 20 years,
0: My least designing favorite. pieces
3: that connect you with all of life's important moments.
0: With an emphasis either. on value,
3: there's truly something Trista, for everyone. that's not nice. You might be most familiar with their signature I think that we should have more less unique knowledge that's exclusively Les within Dirty their custody and, Brent. and control. That it's not going to cause undue burden. That nobody else will be able to provide kind of supplemental testimony about it. And based on all of these factors, the court will say only in that situation where it's absolutely needed will you be able to take the apex deposition. And that is what uh, occurred here. And then what the court says, it's a limited deposition. It's like limited, I think, to under two hours. Um, Let's threaten Jordy more, Trista, on,
0: on your on, on the lawsuit. Midas Touch and show. Just tell us, this we want to hear from Trista. Right was filed by What's Peter Trista Schott doing? Back in August of 2019. Everybody, go tell Midas Touch that um, ask Trista about suing the government. Have a great idea, class action lawsuit. Sue Trump for treason and terrorism since the Justice Department, oh yeah, and also 160 fucking members of Congress, who signed on for that shit, for a coup, a little coup in search of a legal theory.
3: From when he was terminated, it says Peter Strzok served his country with distinction in the armed forces and as a special agent with the FBI. The fucking for only national hero. Years
0: when I'm president, he's going to get a medal of honor. Thank him for service.
3: In 2018, the FBI proposed to fire special agent Strzok primarily due to text messages he had written which he expressed his political opinions regarding the 2016 presidential election, and then candidate, this was when Trump was in office, now President Donald Trump. The proposal to discharge Strock identified the assistant director of the FBI Office of Professional Responsibility, Candace Will, who had been tasked with issuing disciplinary actions relating to senior officials of the FBI for more than a decade as the deciding official. The proposal also confirmed that Strzok could then appeal any disciplinary decisions to the FBI's disciplinary review board, all in accordance with the agency's standard procedure. On August 8, 2018, assistant director Will, issued a decision in which she rejected the proposal to fire Special Agent Strzok and instead decided that he would be demoted and suspended for 60 days without pay. Will's decision was based upon the facts underlying the charge and the proposed removal, the agency's schedule of disciplinary offenses, the agency's record of discipline in comparable circumstances, and upon Strzok's long and outstanding record of service to the FBI and the country. The disciplinary decision was also reflected in a last-chance agreement, which Will offered and which Strzok accepted. On August 9, 2018, the FBI summarily fired Special Agent Strock. Notwithstanding Assistant Director Will's decision and the last chance agreement, the discharge was effective immediately without affording Strzok an appeal to the FBI's disciplinary review board or any other due process. The discharge decision was made by Deputy Director David Bowditch and was the result of unrelenting pressure from President Trump, then President Trump, and his political allies in Congress and the media. The campaign to fire Strzok included constant tweets and other disparaging statements by the president, as well as direct appeals from the president to the attorney general Jeff Sessions and the FBI director Christopher Wray to fire Strzok, which were chronicled in the press. Then he goes on to file this wrongful term against the attorney general Bill Barr, the DOJ, uh, the FBI. Um, who are defending. That's why it's this weird posture. And just so you know, like, Donald Trump would go around in his campaign, and just like uh, the disgusting maniac that he is, like, here's the types of things that he would say about Peter Strzok and Lisa
2: Page. Play this game. Remember, he and his lover, Lisa Page. Fucking pig. What a group.
0: Republicans are like this cuz Nobody wants their ugly heinous ass. Win,
4: I'm telling you i gonna...
0: disgusting ass. Um this should be Oh, so now Trump should only be allowed to speak in the court or behind bars. just ma- Justice matters, right? Americans, re- America re- recommends Trump be held in jail till I all his you, crimes Peter. have gone to trial. I love
2: you too, Lisa. Yeah. Lisa. The day that Trump is sent to prison should oh God, be a I national you, holiday.
0: It can't happen too soon. Tired of all the new evidence, but no arrests. So as Benjamin and so was Comey. wrongly dismissed, Trump is a fucking monster. Donald Trump for prison 2020. Trump Trump shouldn't be allowed to run for any political office job ever. More proof that Trump has the right but not the ability to remain silent. And and just as you recall
3: (laughs) again, Peter Strzok was one of the top counterintelligence officials in the FBI investigating Donald Trump's links to Russia um, and did a very diligent job there. Um, and Donald Trump was mocking the fact that it was determined he was having an affair with Lisa Page, and there were text messages uh, to that effect. Um, so, Donald Trump, you know, we'll see what happens. Donald Trump has now set to Do see, see another deposition. He's going to have
4: to then. answer questions about his director. This is a videotaped deposition.
2: I
5: a to you. Five
3: million subscribers, have been to the city.
0: Mother Mighty see. Subscribe to the
3: Mind podcast. Hey, is Mighty.
0: Love this shows me, and the by us Mother and Mother see. Choose, Choose, me me my connection. My connection. Choose me my convention. Choose me my reflection. reflection. Mother and see. Mother and see. Urgent message from voter in Deep Red State goes mega viral.
6: Now I know this one's going to rub a whole lot of people the wrong way, uh, but I really don't care what I'm going to say it anyway. Not electing Hillary Clinton in 2016 will go down as one of the biggest mistakes in our nation's history. I don't give a shit what you think of Hillary Clinton. I don't care if you love her or hate her. I don't care if you love the Democratic Party or you hate the Democratic Party. The Supreme Court justices that was nominated under Donald Trump would not have been nominated under Hillary Clinton. And the bullshit that we see coming out of the Supreme Court today would not be happening had she took office in 2016.
0: Yeah, now board too, too while you're at, at it. why well, no, we need no, to get rid of that
6: speech, his electoral college. Back years. And there's a whole lot of...
1: exclamation make it-
0: Captain America.
6: What well, they're celebrating. Oh, look, we got it. We won something. You didn't win shit. All you did was trample on fellow Americans' rights. Stuff that would have never affected you or bothered you in the least. That's why I call bullshit on this whole idea that you want smaller government. Don't dread on me. That's why I always call that bullshit flag out for the bullshit flag that it is. You don't give a rat's ass if the flag is trampling all over other people. If you disagree with their lifestyle or you disagree with where they come from, you're perfectly okay with your government just walking all over top of those people. You'll sit back here on Fourth of July weekend and you'll brag about being free. Meanwhile, there's a shit ton of Americans that don't feel quite as free today. And if they're not free, they ain't none of us free. What is it y'all love to say to us? Well, if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to you. That works both ways, Scooter. If they can do this to your fellow Americans, they can do it to you. But actually, they don't have to do it to you because they've already got you. They've already duped you into voting for them. They've already duped you into chasing that carrot by dangling all these stupid-ass culture wars up under your nose. And you'll sit there and follow it to hell and back while your pensions drift away, while everything you ever invested drifts away, while your whole future crumbles. You'll be sitting over here going, yeah, go broke, go broke. Or whatever fucking cliche they taught you to say yesterday, it's bullshit. And I'll sit here and call it out to the end of time. Now, a whole lot of people told us back in 2016 when Trump was elected hey just relax maybe it won't be as bad as you think it's going to be but yeah, we all knew exactly how I was one of those but I soon learned I was
0: extremely wrong to
6: this clip but watch how spot on she is describing Donald Trump and how things are going pan out you know, yeah well the fucking Donald Democrats shouldn't have stolen away rigged
5: times. the primaries the primary against Bernie Sanders. Uh, The FBI conducted a year-long investigation into my emails. They concluded there was no case. He said the FBI was rigged. He lost the Iowa caucus. He lost the Wisconsin primary. He said the Republican primary was rigged against him. Then Trump University gets sued for fraud and racketeering. He claims the court system and the federal judge is rigged against him. Uh, There was even a time when he didn't get an Emmy for his TV program.
1: But... And make some free phone calls. Demand Trump is disqualified. Two o two, five one four. Thirteenth Amendment, he has no. Fucking a! They're trying to slow me down. Two, two.
0: trying to slow me down. Five, one, four, two thousand. Demand. Get up your couches, bitches. Hillary was right. And she
1: should
0: have uh, been our president. See so here, so Hillary was right, and she should have been our president. But the electoral college stole that election from us too. As well as Al Gore, it's a disaster have George Debbie. Exactly why we need to abolish the electoral college before, 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 before. <clears throat> spelled college wrong. <laughs> Come on, Erica, get off your couches. Demand Trump is disqualified. No more fuck demand they abolish.
1: And Trader Trump, fucking
0: psychopath Trump, psycho Trump, psycho Trump.
1: So, so come on, America, get off your couches. 202 514
0: 2000, make some free phone calls. Demand they abolish electoral college before, before. Before, 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 twenty twenty four. No more fucking stolen elections. The electoral electoral college gave us George Junior George W. Bush Jr. instead of Al Gore. Remember, and psycho Trump instead of Hillary. Bush fucking psycho, even though she's had no idea he was the fucking antichrist. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, so, come on, America, get off your couches. 202-514-2000, make some free phone calls, demand they abolish the electoral college before, 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 before 2024. No more fucking stolen elections. Electoral college gave us Bush Jr. instead of Al Gore, remember? And psycho Trump, not Hillary. (laughs) That would be a good uh, TikTok. Good.
3: Tweet. I've been cellist from Legal AF, joined by our co-host, of course, Karen Friedman Agnifilo. We are going to break down some additional removals of redactions on the initial search warrant and specifically the declaration attached to the search warrant, the affidavit that enabled The Department of Justice to get the search warrant that was executed at Mar-a-Lago where a probable cause determination was reached on August 5th of 2022. The actual search warrant was executed on August 8th of 2022. You may recall Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhart, why are we talking about a magistrate judge? Because magistrate judges are the judges in federal courts who make the probable cause determinations uh, to sign off on search warrants and that ultimately are executed. You'll recall Judge Bruce Reinhardt was the judge that signed off on this search warrant. He's from the Southern District of Florida. Um, initially, a group of media interveners back in 2022, requested that some of the redactions was essentially entirely filed under seal of the search warrant affidavit be removed so that the public could have access to portions of it uh magistrate judge reinhardt back in august of 2022 made a ruling saying that some of the information could be released to the public given the historic nature of this uh, case and the importance to the public but Lots of it would have to remain under seal, meaning redacted, and you couldn't see it. And then these media interveners made another motion regarding the same search warrant affidavit fairly recently uh, in light of the fact that uh, a criminal case has been brought, of course, against Donald Trump for the underlying crimes where a probable cause was found. And the media interveners are like, well, now that there's a criminal case, we should have access to additional information in the search warrant affidavit. Um, redact, unredact some of the other redactions so we can see it. Um, The government ultimately said, sure, you know, there are additional portions that should be made public, actually, media, we agree with you, we're not going to unredact the entire thing, because we still need to protect sources and methods and ultimately, I think the government did here the smart move rather than just saying no, they came back and said, judge, here's what we think could be unredacted Um, the other stuff should remain redacted under seal so the public can't see it to protect sources and methods the judge agreed, signed off on it and now we saw additional portions of this search law and affidavit that was used in the execution of the search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, where these thousands of government records and classified records and sensitive uh, top-secret information and the sensitive departmented information was found. And I think that there is a lot of big findings here. I think we've learned a lot more information about the diligence, but I want to get your take first, Karen Friedman and Nicolo, about what we have learned now that these additional portions... Of the search warrant affidavit have been unredacted.
5: Yes. Yeah, so just to remind everybody, to get a search warrant, a prosecutor has to bring someone from law enforcement before a judge, and they have to the ju- they have to swear under oath. Uh, with normally it's a document, um, but in an emergency you can do it orally. But normally it's a document, and the document has two parts to it: the affidavit and the search warrant. And the search warrant is the Court order that says, I find, I judge, find that the government has proven uh, that there's probable cause to believe that either a crime was committed or that evidence of a crime uh, can be found either on a particular person or at a specific location. And therefore, I authorize the government to go and search for that evidence, that person, that information. uh, you know, basically uh, they can go do that. And that's what a warrant is. And normally if a search warrant is executed, that's all you see is the actual physical warrant. That's all you're entitled to see. If you're a defendant or if you're a person, a premises owner, you're entitled to see the, the actual warrant that spells out what, someone, uh, what, some, uh, what law enforcement can uh, search for. And but what accompanies that is a search warrant affidavit, and that occurs in every case as well. And that's something that normally nobody gets to see, and that is turned over in discovery later if there's a prosecution. But again, as, as you just perfectly described, subject to redactions. So in this particular case, however, we got to see the affidavit portion, the part that we don't normally see, much earlier. However, it was significantly redacted. Now, the way they did this affidavit, it's approximately 40 pages long. And the way they the um, the judge redacted it was first of all we don 't know which law enforcement officer that 's redacted out uh, swore under oath. Uh, the following information right but it then says it gives an introduction and um and that was allowed to go in there this general introduction about the government conducting an investigation uh, regarding the improper removal and storage of classified information and um and it talks generally about uh about what was given over and uh what still is remains there it also gives the address of of uh, Mar-a-Lago as the premises to be searched. Um, and they refer to him as F. POTUS, so former President of the United States. Um, uh, and so it goes on for several pages with very little redactions. After they talked about uh, kind of the general facts, they talked about um, the the source of the evidence is you know is is very limited, but it's from witnesses and uh, and other invest- you know things that they that this person. Um, obtained through their investigation, and then it talks about, um, again, very general information about who can search and um, what, you know, sensitive compartmental information is, and, you know, just general, what is FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, what is classified information that's not releasable, you know, very general things, basically having nothing to do with this case, right? Right. Then it gets down, and it talks about kind of what you're allowed to do and who's allowed to do with classified documents and materials. But then they get to the section where uh, they have to establish probable cause, and that's always one of the things that law enforcement has to do. In a search warrant affidavit, they have to spell out that uh, there is probable cause, that either a crime occurred, or that there's evidence of a crime. And so uh, they were. They allowed that in up to page 26, when it's just about to get good. Hopak said it. Um, said it earlier uh, in in a different recording. He said, you know, right when you're about to get to the part where you really want to read it, it's blacked out. And we're talking, you know, lines and lines and lines and lines of it being blacked out. You know, paragraphs 26, for example, is 100% blacked out. Paragraph 27 is 100% blacked out. And paragraph 28 was 100% blacked out. But they released one more sentence in paragraph 28. It was the former president's practice to store accumulated documents in boxes. And that continues to be his practice. Okay. That was something that they thought they needed to uh, keep um, keep redacted, but they were able to unredact that. Then we get to uh, paragraph 34. It says, between January 21st and August 2021, the boxes were stored in at least two different rooms within the premises, Mar-a-Lago. Then in paragraph 35, they, they uh, release, the door to the storage room was painted gold, the gold door, <laughs> And had no other markings on it. The door to the storage room is located approximately midway up the wall and is reachable by several wooden stairs. In addition to the approximately 85 to 95 95- uh, boxes located in the storage room. There were also other boxes in the storage room with merchandise, such as challenge coins, garment bags, memorabilia from Mar-a-Lago, such as photos, frames, and other decor. I found this paragraph slightly shocking, not, not the gold door part, although that did make me chuckle a little bit, um, but But, you know, it's kind of shocking. First of all, you know, if this was a a bad movie, you you would expect the gold door to have, you know, the secret documents behind it. But just the fact that he stored them along with merchandise and garment bags and memorabilia and challenge coins, you know, and things like that from Mar-a-Lago, I mean, the, the idea that... People are going to go in there, looking in. It's a storage room. It's not a skiff, which is secure. It's not locked. This is a storage room with a gold door, a shiny gold door, basically saying, you know, come come in and and, and pick Check up your out. merchandise at Mar a Lago. So, you know, I find that kind of shocking, just the way he treated our classified and national I defense information. Then it goes on, paragraph 39. uh, They talk about Pine Hall is the anteroom to the president's personal residential suite. That must be, Pine Hall must be the name of a room that...
1: The military brat who um, showed... and the the military guy military Thousands of documents of our secrets as his own personal library Catalog Uh, on the property and he was giving them out to strangers Guys, file to... Okay, so I said this case is no
0: different than that of Teixeira, the young military guy. To share the young military guy who shared
1: to uh with his game to just to just to impress them. Trader Trump treated our entire uh differently he acted
0: no differently with zero security anybody and they did And he was showing, let's see here, uh, he was showing these documents with strangers. As they came, it was fucking routine. He routinely betrayed this country. he
1: routinely (laughs) by moment every moment this country every single moment he could Please,
0: Karen, will you guys file an amicus brief or something, too? Um, seek. Trump's immediate imprisonment and disqualification public, public, from public office based on 14th Amendment. Jesus fucking Christ, please, somebody.
1: Um Psychochopathic lunatic uh, you from this. ...lunatic. (laughs) Worst we've ever seen. Ah. Uh. By the way. Court-ordered psychiatric evaluation of this motherfucker.
0: File. Please file.
1: You guys, when I'm President, I give you a Medal of Honor.: Much love and respect Give you all National Medal of Honor. Thank you for your service.
5: surged or that was significant okay. but
0: they were <clears throat> so I said this case is no different than that of Teixeira the young military guy who shared national defense secrets with his gamer buddies just to impress them Trader Trump acted no differently and treated our entire defense secrets as his own personal library with zero security anybody on the premises could have helped themselves and he was showing these and they did and he was showing these documents with strangers as they came in the door He routinely, daily, betrayed this country every single moment he could. Duh. Please, Karen, will you guys file an amicus brief or something to seek Trump's immediate imprisonment and disqualification from public office based on 14th Amendment? JFC superstar with Jesus fucking Christ superstar. Somebody please put us out of our misery from this menace to society. Worst psychopathic lunatic we've ever seen and given so much power. I'm Oxford University, psychology tutor. Please file for a psychiatric evaluation of this MFR. Thanks for all you do. Much love and respect. When I'm president, I give you all National Medal of Honor. Thank you for your service. Other people's comments. Put Trump out to rest for the rest of his life or eternally seal him. Instead of an indictment, documents (laughs) steal him. The fact that he stored top-secret documents in the same unsecured room as merchandise shows his contempt for America, as well as no nothing complete unseriousness about his role. Unseriousness. I hate that term. What a fucking understatement of the century. You're not serious. No, you're a fucking fascist, lunatic, psychopathic, narcissist, malignant, fucking Jim Jones character. That's what you are. That would be a good short TikTok rant. Anyway, so okay, uh, I'm going to take a screenshot, and um, Karen's not on. Mm. Message for Karen Agnifilo. Friedman Agnifilo. message for karen friedman that's kareem friedman egni philo Am I not following fucking Midas Touch? I'm just looking at, uh, okay, so here's my other messages. As your president, I've been calling for Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis' immediate removal and prosecution for abducting and trafficking new immigrants to this country. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott is well another Nazi fuck unfit to be in a position of power. Everybody called Justice Department and removed these motherfuckers from office now for their criminal and unconstitutional conduct. Just say no to fascism, America. Very fitting comma that after stacking the courts with hundreds of inexperienced and totally unqualified federal judges, hundreds of them... Now Mr. Ass-Faced Nazi-Dump Trump can't seem to find a lawyer. Nah, you get the lawyer you deserve, motherfucker. By the way, as your president, I support the removal of all Trump-appointed judges. This goes back a bit, but I want to know why the New York prosecutor Alvin Bragg did not add a terrorism charge against Trump for that baseball-to-the-head... Baseball-bat-to-the-head photograph. Hey Manhattan D.A., Alvin Bragg, why didn't you add terrorism charge against Trump for that baseball bat to the head photograph? Scared.
1: <laughs> Please don't be Pronto Shit.
0: You need to get rid of this motherfucker. You need, you need should have been he should have been out of fucking sight and out of
1: mind for a couple of years now.
0: Get off your couches, bitches!
1: Speak! Speak, 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 speak! Do your job as Americans. Speak up!
0: This is yet another example of Trump getting preferential treatment. Why didn't Alvin Bragg add charge for the picture, putting baseball back to his fucking head?
1: He got a thousand. Alvin Bragg got a. No. Yes.
0: With this motherfucking traitor Trump, he will see it as a sign of weakness on Alvin Bragg's part that he didn't charge him for an obvious attempt to get a Trump zombie to assassinate prosecutor, a prosecutor. That is a very legal definition of terrorism: inciting violence against a sitting public official. I already said that.
1: It's not the first time either. But wh- and and uh, hey, what about? Uh,
0: January. Am I not following them? Why wasn't he charged with intimidating witnesses? It's not the first time either. I've been trying to get Michigan Governor Whitmer to press charges against her for inciting terrorism against her. Liberate Michigan, remember? Duh. Duh, emoji. Duh. They're coming to take away your Second Amendment, remember? Duh.
1: That is inciting terrorism. Throw the fucking book at the sh- two emoji
0: clown. at this treasonous ass clown chicken shit
1: Press charges. It's a perfect Throw the fucking
0: book at this treasonous ass clown. Stop
1: cowering.
0: (sighs) Cowering.
5: Good. Um. This Karen, she's reading about the Mar-a-Lardo
1: kid.
0: Mm. Thanks for one of the um, president's 90, boxes are similar okay. to
5: the contents of the fifteen boxes, further based on the presence and number of documents and records being bearing classification markings discovered within the fifteen boxes provided to the National Archives. There's reason to believe that the remaining boxes from which the fifteen boxes were taken contained classified national defense information. So, and then it says, following the provision of the 15 boxes to the National Archives, remaining presidents' boxes removed from the storage room to other locations on the premises. So this was the part. Uh, I don't know about you, ben, but this is the part that I thought was the most damning, uh, you know, and, and the most revelatory in here. Just the level of detail. That um, that they have regarding mm. uh, the move, you know, moving the boxes. So you get down to paragraph uh, fifty-six. Um, There was a portion that was unredacted, you know, that talked about uh, considering that only 15 boxes had been provided to archives of the approximately 85 to 95 boxes that were in the storage room. It appears that approximately 15 to 30 of the boxes uh, had previously been relocated elsewhere. The FBI agents also observed that the composition of the boxes differed such that fewer banker boxes were visible while more plain cardboard boxes and storage bins were present. Just interesting how, you know, Different types of boxes, you know, uh, were kept there, um, and um, and you know, the, and and how they moved the boxes, and that this was information that was in the affidavit to the search warrant. So a couple other things um, uh, were in there that has been unredacted. Okay, one of them, uh, the title above paragraph sixty-two says surveillance camera footage shows boxes being removed from the storage room area prior. To the former president's council number one's review in connection with the subpoena, so don't forget, uh, we we know that um, this council number one is Evan Corcoran, and Evan Corcoran, uh, based on camera footage, okay, they know the date that Evan Corcoran went in to review the. Um, review the, to see, you know, to go through and and find classified documents or national, you know, defense information. And based on surveillance footage, they know that boxes were removed prior to that. And so upon review of, and of course we all know that now, but they knew that prior to executing the search warrant I mean this is probably this is like the most probable cause I've ever seen you know this is so much probable cause right like this this search warrant is I think beyond reproach so paragraph 62 62- 64 sorry says, Upon review of the hard drive, the FBI determined that the drive contained video footage from four cameras in the basement of the premises in which the door to the storage room is located. The footage on the drive begins April 23, 2022 and ends June 24, 2022. The recording feature of the cameras appeared to be motion activated, so the footage is only captured when it's motion detected in in the camera view. One camera in particular identified on the hard drive as South Tunnel Liquor provides a view of entry and exit into a room here and after the anteroom that leads to the storage room. So the doorway itself is not visible to, to the camera as a refrigerator is directly there. But the footage from this camera nonetheless establishes entry and exit into the room because it appears that uh, it's apparent that when persons within the camera's field view turn directly behind the refrigerator and then disappear from view. So the anteroom, in addition to the entrance from the south tunnel, has approximately four doors leading off of it, one of which is the gold-painted door that leads to the storage room. The anteroom provides the only entrance to the storage room. However, other offices can also be identified from them and from the surveillance camera footage. And by reviewing the footage provided by the Trump organization, the FBI has determined on May 24, 2022, witness number five is observed exiting the anteroom doorway with three boxes. Then on May 30th, 2022, four days after witness five's interview with the FBI. I mean, this has got to be Walt Matta, right, Ben? Witness number five?
3: Witness number five is definitely Walt Nauta, and you see that they were speaking to Walt Nauta um, as early as May. That's when Walt Nauta was lying to them and saying that, what boxes? I don't know anything about boxes. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he's seen on the video camera moving the boxes. That's probably the most damning thing at all Agreed. when you talk about culpability. Because Nauta originally said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then to see him moving these boxes, that was a game changer. Um, and we know that um in the ultimate indictment that was filed but there that was previously redacted in the um in the search warrant david
5: yeah okay that's what i thought too i thought this was you know absolutely i th- i think this is partly putting pressure on walt nata Nauta to cooperate right now everybody knows what you just said i mean this is think about it what walt nata is observed okay on may 24 2022 exiting this anteroom doorway with three boxes right and then 6 days later uh, which is 4 days after he spoke with the FBI and which uh, telling him that you know the there was significant questioning uh, regarding the boxes he's observed exiting the anteroom doorway with approximately 50 banker's boxes okay 50 consistent with the description of the former president's boxes. The FBI did not observe this quantity of boxes being returned to the storage room through the anteroom entrance in its review of the footage. The next day, June June 1st, 2022, uh, Walt Nada, witness number five, is observed carrying 11 brown cardboard boxes out the anteroom entrance. One box did not have a lid on it and appeared to contain papers. The day after that, June 2nd, he's observed moving 25 to 30 boxes, some of which were brown cardboard boxes, others of which were banker's boxes. Okay. And then... You know he goes on about how uh witness number five Walt Nada, is observed you know th- three and a half hours later observed- esc- escorting the president uh in through the entrance of the anteroom and uh and Evan Corcoran, the council, is not observed leaving until approximately two and a half hours later on june third twenty twenty two uh president's counsel number one Evan Corcoran is escorted. Through the anteroom entrance by an unidentified individual wearing a jacket, United States Secret Service police printed on the back. The unidentified individual, uh, the former president's counsel, exit the anteroom entrance moments later, and the counsel appeared to be carrying a red-willed envelope after exiting the anteroom. To me, that section is the most significant section of what was redacted. I mean, it just really goes to show how... Strong not only the cases against Walt nada but just the connection between him and Trump and just how he is so doing Trump's bidding carrying all these boxes by himself you know escorting the president I mean you know he is really you know this this guy's in a lot of trouble and uh, but he is really connected to him and you know and Trump is keeping him close still, right? Going out and having Philly cheesesteaks with them, etc. I mean, Trump is keeping this guy close uh, because he does not want him to flip against him because look at this evidence. I mean, this is crazy, right? Well, now
3: is going down and when you see what's there on page 67 and then you go Um, rather, paragraph 67, and then you go to paragraphs 77 and 78, newly unredacted as well. Um, And this shows that before the search warrant was executed um, on Mar-a-Lago, the FBI and DOJ knew that more than half, between 34 and 39 of approximately 64 of the boxes that had been removed in what he just talked about, had not been returned. So it was basic math. And so ultimately, when you had the situation where the Department of Justice showed up, just frame this in your mind the Department of Justice, they sent a subpoena out in May. There's uh, an, an extension request by Trump's lawyers, but then Trump's lawyers, Evan Corcoran, who Evan Corcoran thinks that he's searching, I think, the, the, the right place, he's not searching anywhere else, when he meets with the Department of Justice and the top counterintelligence officials on June 3rd, the DOJ knows all of this, right? At this point, the DOJ is aware during this meeting that Evan Corcoran is lying to them, you know, and they are aware of a lot of the misconduct that is taking place. Um, And so there's a disparity of information because Trump's not telling his own lawyers what's going on. Um, And so some of this was learned a little bit later through the surveillance footage, but the DOJ is coming in with knowledge and Trump throwing his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, under the bus and also Walt Nauta, who's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yep,
5: absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: And so I think, look, the, my, my final point, and if you want to give a final summation on these um, uh, redactions that have been removed, is it shows very clearly that at every step of the way, Donald Trump knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He was giving the middle finger to the law to the Department of Justice. These yeah. were his brain documents, or whatever whatever they call it, whatever they were calling it. These were his things. He wasn't gonna give them back. He took them. You can't do anything for me. Um, you know, it's malignant narcissism, criminal, someone who doesn't give a crap about our laws. And you're not above the law. And the fact that somebody could read this and then read the indictment and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: cool with that. He, Trump gave the big
0: middle finger to America, comma, the
1: justice department. Lock him up. So I made a YouTube post and Twitter
3: Uh, criminal intent. You can do whatever you want to do, and you can't have a credible argument with me on everything else. You have zero credibility now. Because if there was a similar affidavit as it relates to Hillary Clinton or Biden or Pence, if there was this level of culpability and intent, were in an evidence. Based system. It's not about conjecture. It's not, you know, oh, Donald Trump did bad things, let's not like him, you know. No, it's there's evidence. There's data, there's facts, there's photos, there's videos, there's statements. <laughs> That's what a case is about. It's not about Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan making something up and then trying to find and fabricate evidence that justifies the defamatory statements that they make. No. This is evidence. This is statements. This is, this is the this is the stuff you dealt with as a former prosecutor, Karen. You get the final word.
5: Yeah, and, and in addition to what what you are saying about you know Donald Trump thinks these were his documents that he could keep it, that he could declassify them and there's a lot of people who agree with that and believe that even if putting that aside even if you buy that right there's some if he thinks there's some gray area and everybody does it you know whatever the way he kept this stuff doc- like any other normal rational person would put this in a safe a locked safe you know they would they would guard this with the absolute utmost care because these are our nation's most incredibly sensitive documents uh, that exist they just are and they are so sensitive that it can put our our country at risk it can put people's lives at risk and and the fact that He thinks they were his, he thinks he can do what he want with them, but just the carelessness and willy-nilly way that he kept the documents in these rooms that were accessible to many people, to other people, to just general people, that one room had four doors to it, it has a painted gold door, I mean, it's just absolutely you know that they were open you know one of them's the liquor you know camera because i guess that's where they keep the liquor and the other room is the merchandise you know where they keep the the challenge the mar-a-lago challenge coins you know whatever the the stuff that they have that they give away i just you know that that's how he keeps our most sensitive secret information to me shows he just he's not fit to lead this country he's just not i mean that's what to me this is so the difference between you know, again, I don't agree at all with him that he could keep these or that he should be able to keep these, et cetera. That's totally awful, and he can't. But he did it intentionally. And, you know, he, like like all the other people, Biden, um, Hillary, you know, Pence, all the other people who had it, they didn't realize they had it. They had no idea. And the minute they, they found it, they gave it back. You know, it's like a hot potato. You don't keep this in your hand. You don't keep this somewhere. He not only took it intentionally but then he kept it in a way that 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 put everyone's lives at risk you know it not just in this country but in other countries uh, to me you know that to me just is a different level of culpability and he absolutely deserves not only to be prosecuted for this but to be put in prison and he should never hold office he is unfit
3: couldn't agree more with you always enjoy these Hot takes together. Make sure everybody you subscribe to Legal AF, wherever you get your audio podcasts. All you have to do is search Legal AF. It's free to subscribe. Subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. It's free to subscribe. And if you want to support the channel in other ways, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Have an incredible day.
2: So, Glenn, we had former White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham come out on MSNBC and uh, and say basically in, in public that she witnessed Trump showing classified documents on the Mar-a-Lago patio. So, first of all, what kind
4: of impact could that have on the DOJ's federal case against Trump? You no, know, it can only continue to build the evidence stronger against Donald Trump. Um, you know, the first thing I thought of when I saw her reveal that to Alex Witt on MSNBC is... I wonder if Jack Smith already has that information, has already presented her to the grand jury, and so we're just all learning about it now. Look, any additional evidence that Donald Trump is recklessly, indeed possibly unlawfully, showing classified documents to others, um, happened at Mar-a-Lago on the dining room patio where he's just apparently sharing classified documents with people who have no security clearances, no right to see those documents. The more evidence Jack Smith can can acquire, obtain of that, the more it is going to show Donald Trump's pattern or practice of mishandling classified information.
2: How much stock do you put in these claims by Stephanie Grisham? How likely is it
4: that what she's saying is true? No, I don't know. And we're not human truth detectors or lie detectors. I would assume if Jack Smith knew about this information, if his prosecutors interviewed Stephanie Grisham before deciding whether to present her to the grand jury, they probably um, looked for all of the corroborating evidence they could find of her claim that, you know, this, the sharing of classified documents went on down at Mar-a-Lago. Because I'll tell you, Brian, when I was trying to decide who to present to the grand jury, I had to really satisfy myself they were providing truthful, accurate information to the best of their ability. Because frankly, it is every ethical prosecutor's nightmare that you're going to put people before the grand jury or even worse, you're going to call them to prove your case at trial. And it turns out they're not being completely truthful. Maybe they have it out for the defendant. Maybe they have a pre-existing grudge or a beef. You know, we work very hard to make sure that if we're going to present evidence to the grand jury or to a trial jury, it's absolutely truthful accurate, and it can be relied upon.
2: Now, if what Stephanie Grisham is saying bears itself out, if it's true, would this add to the charges levied against Trump, or does the amount of times that he committed the same crime not have a discernible impact? So, so basically, you know, if, if Trump commits the same crime 10 times, is he is he charged 10 times as much, or is it
4: just there's lots of evidence for one big crime? Yeah, that's a great question. Each individual mishandling of classified information or sharing of national defense information, which is a crime that falls under our nation's espionage laws, each incident, if it happens at a different time or at a different location or on a different day, can be separately charged. That's not to say prosecutors don't sort of batch certain related crimes together. And bring them in one charge. But here's the challenge for prosecutors. If you put two or three or four related um, documents, crimes in one charge, the defense will almost always file what's called a motion to sever and say, you know, judge, these are improperly batched together in one charge. They need to be broken out each one in its own charge so we can attack the evidence on each charge and try to win an acquittal of each and every allegation against the defendant. So um, in theory, and often in practice, every single time he shows a classified document to somebody, um, it can be charged separately, it can be punished separately upon conviction. And that's the way I suspect Jack Smith will go at this. Okay. Now, was this specific charge
2: included in the original indictment that was handed down by Jack Smith? Or is this something that we would see added as part of some superseding
4: indictment? No, I don't believe so. And here's why I say that. Um, If you'll recall, Stephanie Grisham resigned on January sixth, virtually during the insurrection, apparently that was a bridge too far for her. And she submitted her resignation on January 6 2021. So I think the logical question is, when did she see Donald Trump show these classified documents at Mar-a-Lago? Was it before uh, uh, The insurrection when he still would have been president, and remember that there is that awful Department of Justice memo that says you you really can't prosecute a sitting criminal president. And if he was showing documents to other people while he was president, he might not have the same criminal exposure that he has when he steals those documents and he leaves the White House and begins to show them to others uh, after. Point in time when we could have even declassified them. So I think the devil is probably in the in the chronology here. Is this something that happened while she was still uh, a member of Donald Trump's staff such that he was still president or did it happen after? I think one thing we can infer is that after she submitted her resignation on January 6th, do you think she was still welcome at Mar-a-Lago palling, or palling around with Donald Trump and company? Unlikely, so that suggests that whatever she saw at Mar-a-Lago, she probably saw while Donald Trump was still president. If Jack Smith does ultimately
2: decide to do something with uh, with this claim handed down by Stephanie Grisham, when would he need to do that so as not to delay this case? Good question.
4: So the longer you wait to add charges in what we call a superseding indictment, um, the closer it gets to the original trial date, the more problematic it becomes, because what will the defense attorney say? Uh, The prosecutors just added new charges. We now need time to investigate them and be prepared to defend ourselves from these new allegations. Um, So that can very easily push a trial date even farther out into the future. Um, So there is no hard and fast rule that, for example, a charge must be added within 30 days of a trial date or it will result in a a continuance of that trial date. It really is a sliding scale depending on nature and number of the charges added and just how close in time the trial date is when those charges are added. But rule of thumb, you better get all of those um, charges added to the case very early on, like months in advance of a trial date you're very likely looking at that trial date getting pushed
2: to that exact point. Have we had any movement on the case in terms of Judge Cannon either accepting or rejecting the DOJ's proposed December 11th start date?
4: We have not. I think we are treading water. So I think the state of the record now is that um, the prosecutors said, listen, the August trial date was completely unrealistic. Everybody knew that even the defense attorney said yes. We agree that the August trial date was unrealistic. The Prosecutors requested a December trial date The defense said, well, we're going to object when the time is right to that trial date. We want to push much farther down the road. I don't think we've had a hearing and I know we haven't had a ruling yet from Judge Cannon on the government's request to have this trial begin in December. Do you have any indication uh, as to
2: when Jack Smith will, if he even will, but when Jack Smith would put forward a superseding indictment? Because if it's going to happen, it has to happen before Judge Cannon would then decide or you know, decide to accept or reject that December 11th start date.
4: I think we have zero idea about whether Jack Smith will be prepared to issue a superseding indictment tomorrow or he won't be prepared to issue one for the next two or three months. We really have no idea. Um, It seems to me that given that he's pulled in the Giuliani's of the world for what we call a proper session, which is one of the last steps before he decides what to do with Giuliani, either indict him or have him plead guilty with cooperation. Of course, he's grand jury Trump's lawyers. He's grand jury, the vice president. It really feels like we're sort of moving to the end game for Jack Smith. It really doesn't tell us much time, much about the timing of the superseding
2: indictment. All right, let's finish off with this, and this is a let's get your one dollar betting limit into play here. But do you anticipate that we will see this first federal trial against Trump start
4: on December 11th, or do you anticipate that it'll be later? I don't even think I'd put fifty cents on this trial starting in December. If I had to bet my buck, I would say probably late winter, early spring, maybe. March, April timeframe, I do think Jack Smith will be sort of keenly aware of the upcoming presidential election. So he'll probably try to make sure that trial starts early in 2024. Um, I don't I don't think it will linger as late as the summer of 2024. But I don't think December
2: is all that realistic. Okay, and finally, let's end with this. What is the next major milestone that we'll be looking toward in this case?
4: So I think Judge Cannon has set on a status hearing on the prosecution's request for a December trial date and the defendant's objection to that. Um, I, I believe she set that next hearing for sometime in July. I don't remember the specific date, but in the event we don't have another indictment issued before then, I think that's when we will begin to learn more about at least the timing of the documents case moving forward. Okay, great.
2: Well, for anybody watching, uh, obviously, if you want to stay on top of that, as soon as it happens, make sure to subscribe. The links are right here on the screen. I'm Brian Teller-Cohen. I'm Glenn Kirshner. You're watching The Legal Breakdown.
3: Special counsel, Jack Smith, Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, Fulton County District Attorney fawny willis big updates in each of these matters led by these prosecutors first it's special counsel jack smith's criminal investigation into donald trump's theft of thousands of government records and obstruction of justice we learned about an audio recording lordy there are recordings of (laughs) donald trump these recordings are now in jack smith's possession and in these recordings Donald Trump reportedly brags about having a classified document about military plans in Iran. Where is this document that Trump was referencing? Trump failed to turn over that documents, that document in response to a subpoena. We are learning and we are also learning that Special Counsel Jack Smith is heavily focused on Donald Trump's potential tampering with surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago this As Donald Trump's lawyers are accusing each other of being snitches. Second, (laughs) updates in the Manhattan District (laughs) Attorney criminal case against Donald Trump for falsifying (laughs) business records. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has filed an opposition in federal court to Donald Trump's attempt to remove the case from state court to New York federal court. It is a motion for remand and. Trump does not want to be in front of that state court judge, Juan Morshan, that's for sure, because in addition to filing the removal motion, which happened around last month, this week he filed a new motion, one to recuse or to try to disqualify Judge Juan Morshan. We will talk about that. Third, we go south to Fulton County, Georgia, where we learn Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis is focusing on Donald Trump's criminal conduct not just in Georgia, but also in other states. Why? I've got one word for you, RICO, RICO, RICO Suave. RICO Rico charges against Donald Trump, we believe, are being pursued by District Attorney Fawny Willis, and as part of demonstrating that conspiracy uh, that Donald Trump was engaged in, she's focused on his conspiracy in other states to commit crimes. Finally, Can't have a legal AF without updating you on what's going on with MAGA Republican George Santos, who was criminally indicted by the Department of Justice out of the Eastern District of New York Division. The federal magistrate judge in the Eastern District Federal Court gave George Santos until Monday after his lawyer begged for an extension to respond to the request by the media to release the names of individuals who posted $500,000 in bail for him. Whose names, for reasons that still aren't very clear to me, are currently being kept a secret. Release those names and release Michael Popak. Michael Popak from <laughs> Legal AF. <AM. laughs> I'm Ben Mycelis. A Wait, was pleasure to be Santos? here with all uh, the legal experts
4: with you,
3: Michael Popak. How are you?
7: I'm doing. I'm doing great, Ben. You know, there's a that rundown you just gave. There's a reason. That Trump's closest advisors have told him to be prepared mentally, emotionally, physically if he can and financially if he can for indictments Mm -hmm. coming out of Jack Smith,
0: Bonnie Willis
7: and maybe Alvin Bragg again over this summer. They've told him that. He's got to be prepared for it because it is happening. And people that think, well, they're just blowing smoke and sunshine over there on the Midas Touch Network, remember We said the Alvin Bragg thing would come down. We were just off by about two weeks, but we got the month right. We're going to get the month right and the summer right for indictments against Donald Trump. Whether it matters to the MAGA electorate, that probably doesn't matter. They're okay with him being multiply convicted, multiply indicted, multiply uh, impeached, and a judge to be a sex abuser. That doesn't seem to move the needle for them. But for the rest of America and independents and women, I think it makes a major difference in the general election. And that's why we're here covering those factual, legal, political developments so people can make their right decision in the polls. Let's talk high-level timeline right now before
3: getting into the updates on Special Counsel Jack Smith. Remember, Donald Trump leaves the White House January of 2021, and he steals all of these records. By the time the National Archives realizes that he stole all of these records, it is around May of 2021. They send a letter to Donald Trump saying hey did you just like steal thousands of (laughs) records including classified records and sensitive compartmented information they send that letter around May 9th of 2021 and then around May uh, 11th of 2021 or shortly thereafter there's that video of Donald Trump leaving Florida in a private jet with staff members who are carrying boxes. And they are bringing it to Bedminster. That's going to become important with some of the updates we're going to be talking about uh, later in this episode. Then throughout that remainder of 2021, the National Archives is saying, you need to return these records. Donald Trump is saying, I don't have these records. Then you go to 2022. Finally, January of 2022, Donald Trump is like okay, I found some things, but this is all that I have. I'm going to return it. I got 15 boxes. Donald Trump returns 15 boxes, lots of newspaper clippings, but when the National Archives opens this in January of 2022, they like open up the newspaper clippings, they go, what? There's classified material in here. There's sensitive compartmented information in here. There's information in here that needs to be viewed in SCIFs. It's so highly sensitive. Sensitive compartmented information facilities. So then what does the National Archives do? They have no choice but to refer this over to the Department of Justice. They then conduct an investigation as well, and they start asking Donald Trump and his lawyers like Evan Corcoran what's going on. And then Donald Trump and Donald Trump's lawyers say, we've returned everything. Everything's in the 15 boxes. We don't have anything else. So what finally has to happen? The Department of Justice has to issue a subpoena in May of 2022. They send this subpoena to uh donald trump um, and they say please return any other documents that you have classified record sensitive compartmented information top secret information you then have donald trump's lawyer evan corcoran who becomes the lawyer who leads the search and his job is to try to search around in mar-a-lago and he seems to have tried to take that job seriously but we are learning that Donald Trump may have been playing Evan Corcoran with some of his own aides, someone by the name of Walt Nauta, who we'll discuss more in this episode, who, while Evan Corcoran was trying to conduct the search for classified material, kind of right out of, you know, one of these, uh, like – kind of comedic sketches, although it's not funny because of the dangerous ramifications. You'd have, like, Corcoran go downstairs in the storage room to count, and then you'd have Walton out to, like, take the boxes and then move them back to Trump's office and kind of keep hiding it while these searches were taking place. Eventually, Evan Corcoran invites over the Department of Justice uh, top counterintelligence official, somebody named, by the name of Jay Platt, to show up at Mar-a-Lago on June 3rd of 2022, the day before. Now, we learn through some of these surveillance footage that special counsel, Jack Smith had. Walt Nauta and a maintenance official by the name of Carlos de Oliveria were moving boxes around in Mar-a-Lago um, and kind of shifting where the boxes were located um, that had classified material in them before the DOJ. Shows up uh, on June third as part of uh, the response to the subpoena that they issued back in May. Um, Evan Corcoran is there with Christina Bob. They signed an attestation saying that these are all of the records. They put them in a red weld folder. About 38 documents. They say this is it. We have nothing else. Shortly thereafter, the DOJ did something very, very smart. They issued another subpoena for Donald Trump's surveillance footage. That starts yeah. freaking everybody out at Mar-a-Lago, including that maintenance worker, Carlos Oliveria, who then reaches out to somebody by the name of Yusil Tavares, the IT worker at Mar-a-Lago, who deals with this surveillance footage, who's now gone before the grand jury asking, hey, how does this surveillance footage work like? What can they capture on those footage? And Are we really going to give this footage over to the Department of Justice? Then the Department of Justice learns that Donald Trump has not turned over all of the records. Uh, They file for a search warrant on August 5th of 2022 that a magistrate judge signs on August 5th. On August 8th they execute the search warrant. They find thousands of government records including over a hundred additional classified records and Many, many, many classified folders that are actually empty as well. Next up, Donald Trump files that motion uh, with Judge Eileen Cannon that delays the process that we talked at nauseam about here. Um, And then you fast forward a little bit, the DOJ wins that battle. Special counsel Jack Smith gets appointed in November of 2022, so about six months ago or so special counsel jack smith's been investigating everything since then believes also there's been obstructive conduct since the search on august 8th of 2022 i want to give you that framework because a lot of these things that have been uncovered like a lot of that a lot of the things we've been talking about all have happened in under a year right and special counsel jack smith's been appointed we're talking about a six-month period where a lot of these discoveries have been made. So, with that time frame in mind, because it's important that we go back and situate everybody on what's going on here. There's a lot that's happened. Uh, Popa, give us some of the updates that we're now yeah. learning this week.
7: Yeah, that's a great framework. It's it's funny. I, uh, you and I talk a lot before we get onto the show, but we didn't talk about one particular thing that I had come across and read. I'll probably end up doing a hot take on it. It's um. There's a draft prosecution memo that's been prepared by former prosecutors who are now in private practice, Norm Eisen, Daniel Perry, and others, and they really lay out in 150 pages exactly what the ultimate prosecution memo, what they would think Jack Smith's would look like back to Merrick Garland, laying out both the chronology that you just put down here for our listeners and followers, almost to a T, and then matching it with about four major crimes that they think would be charged uh, by uh, Jack Smith related to Mar-a-Lago. This is a Mar-a-Lago draft or model prosecution memo. And all of those things that, before I get to the kind of the new updates, all of those things that you just laid out, Ben, for those prosecutors, of course, they, wanna, they want that to get out to the public and to get over to Jack Smith, would violate at least four different major criminal statutes. One of them being, first of all, Uh, We talked about this before on Legal AF, mishandling of government documents, Espionage Act, 18 U.S.C. 793, little e, National Defense Information, or NDI, being the key driver of that statute, not the fact that it's classified or top secret. Remember, for everybody, there were, on on Ben's description, there were 13,000 pages of documents ultimately, that that Donald Trump did not turn over. Of that, we always focus on this 100 top secret classified, but there were another 12,900 that many of which went RNDI, National Defense Information, and that's what matters for the statute, not the other thing. Then the second crime that they think has been implicated is concealing government records willfully, 18 U.S.C. 2071. Third is obstruction, which is if you go back to Merrick Garland's press conference when he announced Jack Smith's appointment he must have said obstruction about six times then so obstruction is 18 USC 1519 in the criminal code criminal contempt which we haven't talked too much about on the show but is sort of what it sounds like there is an order from a federal judge it was a search warrant that is an order there have been other turnover orders subsequent to that by the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit Court overseeing all things grand jury, once Beryl Howell, now a Jeff Boesberg. Not doing what you've been told to do under a federal order by a judge is criminal contempt under 18 U.S.C. 402. And then the right. catch-all that well, every government prosecutor Riches. uses in every case I've ever been involved with as a defense lawyer is false statement to a federal official or authority, which is 18 U.S.C. 1001. So when Trump or Corcoran make statements to Jay Bratt about, no, there's not 13,000 other or 100 100 top secret classified documents next door in the desk drawer of Donald Trump, it's just these 34 in an envelope, that is potentially a lie and a 1001 criminal violation, which I'm sure they've told Evan Corcoran. Those are the crimes. The new information is we've got the convergence of focus on video testimony video evidence, sorry, video evidence, and then the movement of boxes in and out of the storage room and the fact that Donald Trump intentionally misled his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, and Christina Bob, by extension, by telling them correctly that all of the documents from the White House that were implicated by the National Archive and the ultimate subpoena and then search warrant were behind one door of one room Called a storage room at Mar-a-Lago. A, A, that turns out not to be true because right next door in the office or wherever the office is located at Mar-a-Lago, in a desk drawer and in other places, were these top secret classified and other documents. So he misled his lawyer to then mislead the government, Jay Bratt, in the meeting on June 2nd and others because it's not, it's not that he wanted to give his lawyer plausible deniability. He lied to Evan Corcoran. Evan Corcoran has now basically said that. I did not know there were documents in any other place. Now, Evan Corcoran's got his own problem because you've got to do due diligence and you've got to confirm things before you sign or have Christina Bob sign and say under penalty of perjury. This is after a diligent search, all of the documents that exist. That wasn't true. It's hard to blame your client. Oh, you, Oh, my diligent search was in one room that Walt out pointed me to, and wanted to sit on me while I did the review, and I mm. just took my client at his word. I'm not sure that's good enough. One of the reasons I don't think Evan Corcoran is in the case anymore, and had to depart, and has gone into the grand jury, stripped of attorney-client privilege. So you have the, and then you have the movement on the video cameras, because you know any master criminal like Donald Trump always forgets about his own video surveillance equipment sitting out in Mm -hmm. front of that same set of doors. And on it, because they subpoenaed that information the government from the Trump Organization, Uh they saw two things. Well, one thing they saw, and one thing they didn't see. The one thing they saw was movement of boxes on date stamps that show that before the meeting with Jay Jay Bratt on uh, June 2nd and after, Donald Trump was having Walt now to move boxes in and out of that room even before Evan Corcoran could go do a search, go put a few more boxes in there, take a few more out, and then okay, Evan, go in. They're all in there now. And then after he after he spoke, they took them back out again. That's what they saw in the video. What they didn't see on the video was missing video. There was missing video that they're trying to get to the bottom of with the uh, with the with the security company that 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 uh, runs these things, along with Matt Calamari. Matt Calamari, Jr.,
0: who were responsible for
7: security, ultimately, of the Trump Organization. And those two have gone in, of course, and testified. So then you got the Bedminster, the maintenance worker, who's already been identified by name by the New York Times. He's already gone in with his lawyer a couple of times. It's never a great sign for Donald Trump when your maintenance worker has a criminal defense lawyer. Um, Mm. And he's cooperating. He's (laughs) fully cooperating with the government in every way, shape, and form, and just totally Mm. opening the books. He's got a, he's got photographs of the room. He, he talked about loading the the SUV that Walt Nauta drove from from Florida to, to New Jersey, filled with filled with boxes. And then you know I've I've said on this podcast and in my own hot takes, there's going to be a search warrant that's going to be issued yeah. or a subpoena first for Bedminster. People but, here, and with what we do, have yeah, been amazed yeah, yeah, yeah. that as of you right now, the Scotland. government has been taking Donald Trump and his lawyers That's at their word about the search of Bedminster, especially with Tim carlin Tory going on CNN saying, I couldn't properly search Bedminster, and it's the reason I'm departing because Trump's lawyer, Boris Epstein, mm. has gotten in my way
1: and interfered with my search. I don't know how that didn't immediately lead a Jack Smith's team
7: some more Mount go get a subpoena slash search point based on that testimony alone. I think we're going to see those developments in uh, uh, coming up soon, Ben. Did I leave anything out between the video and the and the, and the new? I want you to talk about the
3: recording that was part oh, of yeah. the July meeting, but but, but July twenty twenty one meeting. Mm-hmm. But before at Bedminster, but before going there, here's the thing I want everyone to remember about Bedminster, though. Um, Jack Smith
1: basically cut a deal with the lawyer Tom uh, Tim Parletpour.
0: So you check Ivana's grave site. Cash. S C H. No, cash. Forget how to spell cash.
1: Search all his properties. Child to search all his properties. Time
3: last time Jim Trustee and some of the others that those lawyers who by the way, hartory and trustee um, have of all of the lawyers on Trump's teams have pretty good reputations before representing Donald Trump in the legal community. That's why Tim Parlatore just left and resigned about two, three weeks ago for the reasons that you just stated when he said his searches of Bedminster were being obstructed. Those searches were not just, hey, I'm going to do this search because Donald Trump He's wants me to. He's hiding all of
1: this because Quite it's incriminating. Special counsel Jack Smith had him do the search. They are...
0: Chomsky did not lie when he said Trump was worst criminal in human history. Chomsky.
3: Just same thing, attestation under penalty of perjury where if the lawyers attestations were false, if they obstructed justice, it would just be a new count. It would be a new charge where they could potentially face 20 years in prison if they lie. So, when I like to think about the toolkit of a prosecutor, you know, one way to give an example is that, you know, they have the hammer, which is executing a search warrant, FBI agents show up, knock down the door, and conduct uh, a very invasive search like, you know, with a search warrant, like what took place on August 8th of 2022 at Mar-a-Lago. But there are other tools in the toolkit. Sometimes you basically use a surgical scalpel, because at the end of the day, the goal is to investigate the crime. The search warrant is just one tool to investigate the crime. And perhaps if you conducted two search warrants, one at Benminster, one at Mar-a-Lago, you would be losing all additional sources of information that could potentially shut down because then both facilities would be, would be locked down. I think Special Counsel Jack Smith has more people on the inside than we're currently aware of, that he knows what's going on at Bedminster and in the other properties, that it would be Donald Trump's reflexive criminality after the August 8th search warrant at Mar-a-Lago to then try to hide documents and move documents into a place like Bedminster or Trump Tower, and I think Special Counsel Jack Smith has got that. And and remember, the national security apparatus in the United States did a security assessment. These documents are all traceable, so we know what documents are missing at this point. And if they are missing, I think Special Counsel Jack Smith at this point pretty much knows where they are. But the other big update you know, and i think it's helpful that i set out that framework in the beginning and you could tell us a little bit about it michael popock is that in july of 2021 there was this meeting that was held between donald trump some of donald trump's aides and two people who were ghostwriting a book for mark meadows setting the stage i'll, I'll toss it back to you
7: yeah that's great so the um what we didn't know is that uh, Trump would often meet with um, people like Mark Meadows, the ghostwriter for Mark Meadows' memoirs, back when Mark Meadows thought he uh, would be a popular novelist or author um, instead of being a potential criminal defendant. You know, when people didn't know he was burning documents in the White House fireplace, they had a meeting, and they and at that meeting was a an aide who recorded what happened at these meetings I guess for posterity and for notes and so they could help write the Mark Meadows book and this is on the heels of Donald Trump always was incensed that then Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, or the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, uh, Chairman General Milley had gone out and, and to try to make the rest of the world feel more comfortable about this madman in the bunker, like Hitler, in the final waning days of the administration, having his finger on the nuclear button, he uh, he called his counterpart, for instance, in uh, China, to tell him, "Don't worry, Whoa, we're not going to let this guy start World War Three Basically, and he said other things publicly about um, what you would normally not do. When I originally read them, I'm like, "Wow, the commander in chief is being challenged publicly." Uh, under a civilian command structure, I is chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And in any other world, you'd be like that could be that could be treason on the part of that guy. but we all uh, of, of the general, but in, in this case, because the rest of the world and thinking Americans were really worried about what Donald Trump would do, we wouldn't put it past them starting a war in order to stay in office or or get reelected or any of those other things. So he he hated that. Donald Trump, and he hated the press and the media attention that Millie was getting. And so apparently in and around this time in, uh, in about March of um, 2021, he said um, Millie, uh, who, he had, who he had called an effing idiot at Mar-a-Lago during a, a rant of his, um, said to this small group of people, including the aide and Mark Meadows, um, I'm not the warmonger. Billy's the war monger, and I have a document, it's classified, really can't show it to you, but I have a document where he had war plans to go after Iran. See, he's the madman, not me. There's a number of problems with that. First of all, if that document really exists, and let's put a pin in that for a moment, let's assume Donald, here's a number of problems for Donald Trump's defense of the Mar-a-Lago case. One, he knew his documents so well uh-huh. these haphazardly packed boxes that just happened to show up from the White House, that he actually had an inventory in his head that he knew about that document, so he could go, be, in order, he's telling us, "Hey, go get me a Coke, and while you get it, get that Millie document that I have, <laughs> that says he was going to go for a war plan with Iran. Really? You know your documents that well? There's like an inventory? I thought there were thousands of them, and you didn't know what was in those boxes. So that's the first problem. Second problem is, that this demonstrates that he knew that things were classified and that they hadn't been magically telepathically declassified on, on January 19th when he left office or in the last waning days. So you got that problem. Three, he, he sort of indicates that he knows he can't show people these things because he said, well, they're classified. And I didn't get a chance to, they're not declassified. Okay, that's a problem. And it completely blows apart all of the defenses that trustee and at the time, Partore were so delicately crafting That got blown apart at the CNN town hall. Again, the gift that keeps on giving appears to be that CNN town hall now, because they've all known about this, this recording for quite some time. It's early as March. They've known about this recording, the lawyers for Donald Trump, and they were on pins and needles, apparently, when he went in front of in May at the CNN event. He used a very interesting phrase that I'm sure all of the investigators and prosecutors for Donald, uh, for uh, Jack Smith, for Donald Trump were, were circling, which was he said that uh, he has, when they asked him, has he shown documents to people? He said, not really, not really, not no, not really, but I could have. And they all cringed, apparently, um, so reporting is reporting, because they know about the March recording, and they've been waiting for um, Jack Smith to strategically leak it to the media, which he's now done, as part of the prosecution team that it exists. But then there's a bigger problem. Besides the fact it blows away the whole, he overpacked. He didn't pack his own boxes, or he overpacked the boxes and didn't know what was in them, and he didn't know there was classified. or he declassified everything, all that tape does is destroy almost every one of those defenses that he could possibly have. And he doesn't have any other defenses. You know, a reliance on attorneys doesn't work. Because he's never relied on his attorneys. They told him that he didn't declassify. Here's how you declassify. There's memos about classification that he was given before he left the White House that he ignored. He tried to lie to his lawyers. Every lawyer he's ever had about Mar-a-Lago, he has lied to. From the very beginning, when they initially started, quote unquote, negotiating with the National Archive about the return of documents in exchange transactionally, if you give me the Russia interference documents from 2016, I'll give you everything that I'm required to return. No, that's not. And he lied to his lawyer at that time, one that we haven't even talked about yet and told that person to tell the no, National Archive that all the documents do been returned when there were 13,000 sitting over in Mar-a-Lago. You know every, remember, every lawyer he's ever had about Mar-a-Lago and beyond I he has lied to.
1: Period. Know. And that is the
7: evidence that would go into the prosecution memo of, of uh, Jack Smith. So the other problem know. is, does the document even exist? My he's my either my a liar and a, and, a, and a fabulous makes stuff see. up and send it to a group of people, which is, Choose you know, you can believe that. Or he
1: Choose
7: has the document, life.
1: but he they can't locate it. How do we know
7: this? Because now there's reporting that in March, March was a big month, but we didn't know it at the time because a lot of this didn't come out. And so, Ben, you and I couldn't report on it. But March was an, it was an incredible month for Jack Smith between the grand juries and everything else. One thing that we didn't know about. Is that a new subpoena got issued by Jack Smith Shows through the um, Jeff the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit, asking specifically, based on this, uh, based on uh, new reporting, uh, and uh, and the and the tape that has been out with the government since March, they had a subpoena that said, "Give us everything that you have in your possession about a invasion plan or map." related to Iran and Milly, What do you got? Which goes, which would, which would capture this document if it exists. And the, and the lawyers for Donald Trump, including at the time, Tim Parlatori said, uh, we got a couple of things about Iran, but we don't seem to have that particular document. So either it is lost, it is stolen and secreted, which goes to the government's point, you can't trust Donald Trump. Look what he's done. He